Hello, everyone, and welcome to Game Day. I am your host, Evan Yost, and with me, I have co-host Davis Jackson. Hey. Hey. And joining us today, we have Bennett Jackson, Davis's brother, for the NFL preview today. Hey. All right, so we'll get things kicked off, like always, with news updates, uh, starting with the NFL. Uh, earlier this uh, past week, early, uh, Earl Thomas was released by the Ravens. As of now, the Cowboys are the favorite to get this safety, while Jerry Jones denied reports that Cowboys have had no conversations with him. Kyle Shanahan also released that the 49ers are not interested in Thomas, uh, even though it would boost up their secondary even more with Richard Sherman. Yeah, um, Earl Thomas, uh, kind of a wild card. Um, I really like him as a player. Uh, He represents the real DBU, the University of Texas, uh, DBU is also uh, is sh- the short version for defensive back university. Um, and he is he's had a Hall of Fame career, seven-time Pro Bowler. Uh, he's won a Super Bowl with the Seahawks. But, and he's, as a player, he's amazing. Um, and as a Cowboys fan, I would really like to have Earl Thomas, the player, on my team. But the extra baggage he brings with him is um, not great. Uh, the reason he was cut was because he threw punches to uh, his teammate Chuck Clark. Um, he also had an incident in the off season. Um, we don't have to get in depth with that, um, just because we don't want to. Um, he also he's had some history where a few years ago, uh, while he was with the Seahawks, he ran down Jason Garrett, the former Cowboys head coach, and told him to come get him. Uh, with, and then played another season with the Seattle Seahawks. And when he got injured for the season, he flipped him off and. We all know what that means. Uh, so basically, he's he had, brings extra baggage with him, and I don't know if I want that extra baggage on my team. Yeah, that's a real main thing with like the all our players. It's like it's almost like they're getting to where the, I mean, also just with all the holdouts like Le'Veon Bell, Zeke at the beginning of last season. It's just like they're starting to get a little hot headed, a little bit. Um, I'm, I'm, as a Cowboys fan, I'm really happy that Dak didn't end up holding out, and he just signed a franchise tag. So I'm, pre- I'm really happy about that. But I mean, I could see him becoming uh, Earl Thomas doing uh, holding out, especially him. But uh, all right, so we'll go and go to our next news. Uh, so uh, uh, before our last podcast, Arrowhead Stadium, the Chiefs' uh, stadium, announced that they're only going to have 22% capacity. While this past week's uh, Sophie Stadium in L.A., the new stadium for the Chargers and Rams, announced that no uh, fans will be held in this huge, new, very modern stadium that they had just built. So no fans there for the start of the season. Uh, I mean, if you've ever seen the stadium, it's going to be a huge blow to them because the stadium is just huge. It's amazing. And, I mean, I would really look forward to seeing a game in there. I I would love to see a game in there, but. Yeah, the Cowboys, I don't know if that will ever happen, but yes. The Cowboys kick off their week one. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing it, though. All right, so we'll go to the next uh, bit of news. Uh, Bengals uh, cornerback Mackenzie Alexander left camp because his father went missing in Florida this week. Uh, they're not sure really what happened is that because uh, uh, he just, like, kind of went up and missing. So they really don't. We don't really have much other news than that. Other, but he left camp, 
Also, a little bit of news is that Colts wide receiver Paris Campbell was in a car crash and is on concussion protocol. Uh, so just kind of some news there, just based on some players. But Yeah, about Mackenzie Alexander, his uh, father was found. Um, they reported that. But Alexander got arrested uh, for um, – I think he was charged for battery or something like that. And so he was arrested while he was away from camp. And also just a little bit more NFL news – uh, the Cardinals extended extended safety Buda Baker with a four-year, $59 million extension, which makes him the highest-paid safety in NFL history. Um, he's entering his fourth season in the league, Baker is, and he's a two-time Pro Bowler. And last weekend, the NFL had 77 positive COVID tests around the league, but all 77 were false positive, meaning that no one was truly positive. Everyone was negative, but their tests came back positive, which is pretty crazy and all 77 came from the same lab yeah well if they're all uh, false uh false positive and that's that's good um i mean it's not good that we still keep on having false positives uh and that we're not that we're still kind of unsure about everything with coronavirus but it is good news that we don't actually have that much that there's not that many cases in the nfl uh one last bit of nfl news that i have is that Le'Veon bell is not uh uh made it known to the press is that he's not happy with the amount of reps that he is getting in practice while the uh, while the Jets head coach and running backs coach will not talk about it. Bell's a diva. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we, we know that coming into this. I mean, whenever he held out to the Steelers, I mean, I mean, plus, I mean, he's also getting, uh, he's also starting to get older and where it's just like people won't actually give him as many more reps. So, I mean, that's that's one of the other big reasons. But, all right, anyways, so we'll go ahead and go to uh, NC, uh, into, to the NCAA stuff. Uh, so, the first bit of news is that NC State versus Virginia Tech is postponed due to positive COVID tests in NC State's facilities. Um, so, there's that's a little bit of almost like insider stuff that we don't really want to see happen in the NCAA uh, is that, because that, that almost, like, sets it up for stuff to start getting more – other stuff to start getting postponed, like the Big Ten um, in the Pac-12 already did. And I just really hope that that doesn't happen. But that's just one reason why it might. Yeah, there are uh, reportedly 27 positive tests. Maybe there's been more since uh, I saw that number. Yeah, I, I don't know exactly how many tests there are. All I know is that – Stuff stuff's now starting to get postponed because of how many tests there are, which isn't great. So next bit of news is that Nebraska players sued Big Ten for some errors in protocol or something. I think uh, the players uh, or the players vote and they didn't get a vote or something. So they should win, but it doesn't seem like it's too much to worry about. Uh, I'm pretty sure you got some more news on that, right, Davis? No, you basically you pretty much covered it all. Um, and like you said, they'll probably win the lawsuit just because. What they accused him of is pretty legit. What they sued him for is pretty legit. All right. Uh, and also, big news is that the SEC announced that no bands will be allowed to play at halftime this season, which is kind of big because, one, as a Texas A&M kind of like fan because my mom's a Texas A&M fan, my brother's going to Texas A&M, stuff like that, is that that's pretty big because it's just like the fight in Texas Aggie band is like a huge part of the going to the games, you know? It's just like that's just – that's just one big part in, like, where you get the experience. And, like, I mean, 
if they're not going to be playing, then it's almost just like taking part out of the game. Yeah. Oh, I got uh, I got a little bit of college football news. Do you have anything else, or, you, or can I? Go? Uh, yeah, I got uh, I got one more thing. Oh, okay. Uh, so reports say that Big Ten may actually be eyeing a Thanksgiving start, but may start later and may include ga- uh, playing some uh, games in some NFL like dome stadiums, like Mercedes Benz Dome, um, other stuff like that. Uh, in Atlanta or Mercedes Benz Superdome in um, New Orleans or stuff like that. So um, I don't know because it's just like we heard stuff about Spring Start, and I, I, I really I didn't hear that they were saying that they meant oh well we we might be starting around Thanksgiving. I mean they said no fall sports, and technically around Thanksgiving that's where you get into winter sports like basketball and stuff. But it's just like we all heard like Spring Start, so we always assumed like oh well they're going to be starting like. February at the earliest, or like maybe March, but I didn't think that they would actually be starting around uh, Thanksgiving. But I don't know. Yeah, think that was kind of surprising when I saw that headline. But uh, now into some more college football news. First, um, college football actually begins today with the FCS kickoff between Austin P and Central Arkansas. The FBS kicks off on September third. And Central Arkansas plays also on September third, so Central Arkansas gets two games before pretty much everyone else. Uh, the Associated Press released its preseason top twenty-five, and it featured nine teams that are not playing in the fall. That's Big Ten, uh, Pac-12, Mountain West. Um, I don't know if Boise State was on there. I believe Boise State was on there. I believe they're like twenty-first or something like that. I believe they probably. I could be wrong about that, but because they were in the, they finished top twenty-five last season. And, they're turning their yeah, they did. Back, yeah, yeah. Also, yeah, it kind of it kind of surprised me though that they didn't include include everyone. I mean, I figured that they would, but I really, I, it's just kind of weird because it's just like I don't because it just seems odd that they would do that because what because they're not playing. Next thing you know, it's just like every single one of those teams is going to be dropped out of the top twenty five. Yeah, that I think that's what they're doing. Is they, they I think that actually is what they are doing. Is after week one, they're going to just do the teams that are playing. Because I think they had already started making the polls before, um, before the Big Ten and Pac-12 canceled, and they just wanted to go through with what it would actually be had they been playing. Um, yeah. The Associated Press also released its preseason first and second team All-Americans, and it featured 23 players who were not playing. Uh, some of those guys are Ohio State quarterback Justin Fields, Purdue wide receiver Rondale Moore. Uh, Moore opted out. But he's also playing in the Big Ten, which canceled. And um, Miami defensive end Gregory Rossiu, who also opted out. Um, it also featured Penn State linebacker Micah Parsons and Ohio State defensive back Sean Wade, among other people. Um, Oklahoma's making mass mandatory on game days, so that's something good Oklahoma has actually done. Um, and I'm actually proud of Oklahoma for doing that because, I mean, people are going to be close to each other and you don't really – want to spread COVID around there. Um, so Oklahoma finally did something good for once. Um, said NC State paused athletics. ESPN released its position. U, Oklahoma was quarterback U. Alabama was running back U. USC wide receiver U. Miami tight end U. Alabama O-line U. Florida State defensive line U. Georgia linebacker U. And Ohio State DBU, um, which is awful because Texas is a true DBU. Um, 2021 three-star quarterback Charles Wright flipped his commitment from Iowa State to Texas, 
um, after Jalen Miller flipped his commitment from Texas to Alabama. Now Charles Wright will be coming to Texas. And also Colin and Brendan Schooler, uh, Colin, a linebacker, and Brendan, a wide receiver, both at Arizona, entered the grad entered the transfer portal as grad transfers. And I, I heard reports that Brendan, the wide receiver, is transferring to Texas. Um, don't know about Colin yet, but I know Colin for sure is a really, really good linebacker at Arizona. All right, so now moving away from football, we are we'll go to what the another thing of football is, I guess. But we'll go to soccer right now. Um, just a little bit of news is that um, over this past week on Sunday, um, by, uh, uh, Bayern Munich and beat uh, Paris Saint Germain or PSG to win the Champions League this year. Uh, they beat them one to zero. Um, another bit of uh, news is that I mean I know you don't know much about a. Uh, David, uh, I mean, are you soccer Davis? But you might know this name is that Lionel Messi release, uh, released. He wants to leave Barcelona, uh, FC Barcelona after the devastating eight to two knockout loss to Bayern in the Champions League. He also released in the same week he wants to go to Manchester City in the Premier League, and he also released that he wants to terminate his contract uh, with uh, FC Barcelona this week, and he has already done that, and his agent is already working on a contract with Manche- Man City. So a lot of news over this, just in in six days of all, around uh, Lionel Messi, and we'll most likely probably get a deal done with Manchester City by the time the Premier League starts, which is on September twelfth. But because Manchester City was in the uh, Champions League, they won't be starting until around the twentieth. All right, I got some NBA news. Um, just real quick, uh, the playoff games from Wednesday were postponed, and um, the playoffs will resume today. That's it for NBA right now. Yeah, all, all I had left was just that the Lakers lead the series three to one against the Trailblazers. Utah leads Denver Nugget, Nuggets uh, three to two. Bucks lead Magic three to one, and the Raptors swept the Nets and the Celtics swept the Seventy Sixers. Oh, the Seventy Sixers also fired their head coach Brett Brown. Right. Yeah. All right. So, and then we'll go to. Uh, do you do you have some NHL news? Yeah. Just. Uh, the second round of the NHL playoffs is being played right now. And then um, I'm a Texas Rangers fan. Just a quick update, the Rangers have been struggling horribly recently. They've lost 10 of their last 12 games. They were 10-9 and nine going into August 16th. And now they are 12-9, and nine, not 12-19 and 19 on August 29th. Yeah, uh, both of our teams are kind of struggling with the Orioles, too. Uh, they were, uh, I believe, they, they, were, they were 12 and eight or something like that and then now they are i mean they're 14 and 16 or 14 and 17 now um isn't horrible but we lost badly last night with a walk-off two-run home run and in, in extra innings so anyways some other news about mlb is yesterday the rangers what the rangers did beat the dodgers yesterday so yes that was a really good win for them actually yeah they won but, too as well yep rising Anyways, so MLB uh, Lucas Giolito, I believe I'm pronouncing that right, throws the MLB first no-hitter uh, of this season on Tuesday night. So that's a really big deal and a good and a really good uh, thing to put in his career trophy case uh, for Giolito. Um, and then also Aaron Judge this past week was put on the IL again for a foot-related injury, unsure of the length of the injury. Which again, in a se- in a season like this, he could be out for the rest of the season. We don't know, 
because of how short it is. But uh, most likely he should be coming back around mid-September, maybe a little before. But All right, so anyways, that wraps up our uh, news updates. So now we can get uh, into our NFL preview. So let's go ahead and start with – and this NFL preview is going to kind of follow like uh, last week's college football preview if you listen to that. Um, thanks to y'all who did. Um, but anyway, so we'll go ahead and give our first uh, bold predictions, and we'll just go in the order of me, Davis, and then Bennett, okay? All right. All right. So first I have um, – and let's each just share one, and then we'll just go around again. Okay. So anyways, so we'll, uh, my first one is that the Dallas Cowboys will have three – 750 plus yard receivers in 2020 and i'll go ahead and tell you who those receivers will be amari cooper cd lamb and michael gallup uh they both by far have the have the uh have the um skill to do so um the only one that i'd be concerned about is just michael gallup just because he probably won't be getting as many uh as many receptions because cd lamb will probably be taking the number two spot but i think that they for sure can make that happen don't sleep on gallup though I know. I know. Uh, what is this, his fourth year in the league? Third? Third. Third? And last year he had over 1,000. Mm-hmm. All right, my first bold prediction is that Patrick Mahomes will throw for at least 5,000 yards and at least 56 touchdowns. Why do I say 56 touchdowns? Well, the single-season passing touchdown record is 55 passing touchdowns, and that was by Peyton Manning. And I'm predicting that Mahomes will break that record, throwing for at least 56. On 2018, Mahomes threw for 5,097 yards and 50 touchdowns. Last season, he was injured for some of the year. And he's by far the best quarterback in the league. He has the potential to be the greatest of all time. And he's only in his fourth season now. Um, his first season, he didn't play much. Second season, won MVP. Third season, won the Super Bowl. And this is his fourth season. And I think he's going to be the first player to go over 56 touchdowns uh, passing, and I think he will pick up 5,000 yards through the air. If anyone can do it, it's him. He's got Tyreek Hill for, for a full season. He's got Travis Kelsey. Both of those guys can put up 1,000 yards. Sammy, and don't and also don't sleep on Sammy Watkins or Miko Hardman. Yeah, they both – Watkins and Hardman are both great two and three receivers, technically four, mm-hmm. four if you count Kelsey. And running back Clyde Edwards-Eler, the rookie – He's not yeah. in the passing game. He can get a lot of yards. Yes, I know. He's a, he's a really good reception, receiving running back. He can. He's like a good overall, like uh, like Saquon Barkley or Christian McCaffrey or someone like that. Mm-hmm. Right, Bennett? My bold prediction was that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire will have over 1,600 yards, rush yards, and 15 rush touchdowns because Damian Williams opted out, and he'll be the featured back in just a have an explode season and win rookie of the year. Yeah, just like me and Dave was talking about Clyde over I'm really, I'm, I'm really looking forward to watching him play. I think that he's going to end up being a. I think that if top ten for sure, if not top five running back this year, because uh, I think that he's just going to explode in his first season. Yeah, he, all right. He's Christian McCaffrey two point. He's he's Christian McCaffrey, but he's smaller. Mm-hmm. And he and he's also bigger, <laughs> like he's like a smaller. He's he's a smaller size, but it's like he's like, I don't know. He's just like he's almost like more muscular than Chris yeah, McCaffrey, like, though. Like Saquon Barkley. Yes, exactly. Like Saquon Barkley. But I would say um, McCaffrey. He's like he's like Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley size. Yes. Yes. All right. 
Um, so next, my next uh, bold prediction is that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will also have uh, somewhat like the Cowboys, two 800-plus yard receivers and one 1,000-plus yard tight end. Uh, obviously, the wide receivers are Chris Godwin and uh, Mike Evans. And the 1,000-yard tight end is the reuniting of Tom Brady with the uh, Rob Gronkowski. I'm looking forward to seeing how that goes. Um, I mean, I did find out, though, just this past week, is that uh, apparently uh, in the new Madden 21 game, uh, Rob Gronkowski is the highest-rated overall player on the Bucks at a 95 overall. Like, he beat out, like, Levante David and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. So and he didn't even play the past like two years, so I'm a little surprised by that. But I'm looking forward to seeing him play. Yeah, um, about Gronk, I don't know if he'll he'll still be good. I don't think he'll be at the level he was a few years ago, obviously because he was retired. But I think he'll still be good. I would personally switch. I would say Gronk gets 700, 800 yards, and uh, Mike Evans gets over a thousand, just because Mike Evans in his first he ever since he came into the league, he's never failed to get less than a thousand receiving yards. Amazing. He's had a thousand receiving yards every single season of his career. Um, so my second bold prediction is that the Cowboys will break the single season record of seven thousand four hundred seventy-four total yards of offense by one team. And why do I think this is because Dak Prescott has four thousand five or five thousand yard potential through the year. We saw it last year when he was the second leading passer in the league. He has Amari Cooper back. He has um Michael Gallup back, like you said, and also is adding C.D. Lamb, who, according to all reports, is the best receiver in camp right now. Um, I'm, ex- I'm expecting Gall- uh, Cooper to be the one receiver, but I've heard that Lamb is doing really, really well in camp. He's also got running back Ezekiel Elliott, who puts up 1,000 yards rushing every single season. The only season he didn't was in 2017, but he was suspended for half the season, and he was still almost got to 1,000. Um. So that that gets you that gets you around three thousand, four thousand right there, and then you have you add in, um, I mean that gets you around five thousand, six thousand right there of total yards. Uh, Dak will pick up about three hundred rushing yards. Um, he's done that pretty much every year of his career. I'm really high on Tony Pollard. He's going to put up about six hundred to seven hundred uh, rushing yards. Um, definitely six hundred, seven hundred total yards. Uh, you got fullback Shaywell Lanalua, who's a rookie, but he's a threat to run the ball as well because he was a running back in college at TCU. The Cowboys have all the pieces in the right place to be able to be and have the most dynamic offense in NFL history. I'm predicting that the Cowboys will have more than 7,474 total yards of offense in 2020. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing them play, uh, obviously because I'm a Cowboys fan, but also just – as an NFL fan in general, is that I'm just looking forward to seeing them play because, uh, like you were talking about C.A. Lamb being, like, a top player in the camp, I think that most likely he'll start at the number three spot uh, just at the very beginning. But my bet is within the first, like, two to three weeks, he'll phase into that number two spot. So, I, but I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing them play. And, I, I mean, they have, the, they have probably the youngest – they have the they, – they have the youngest and probably, like, most talented – receiving core in the league right now um, because like they I mean I know that like the Tampa Bay Bucks have a really good receiving core too if you include like Rob Ronkowski but the thing is is that it's just like theirs is like so young and it's just it's it's unbelievable I'm but yeah I'm just looking forward to seeing them play the Cowboys also have Blake Jarwin 
mm-hmm. it's not just the off, not just their receiving core, but their whole offense and pretty much their entire stars are the majority are twenty five or younger. I know Dak Dak is twenty six, I think, and he like just turned twenty six like two three weeks ago. So they're really yeah. top to bottom. I I do not think uh, I know I saw this last year or the year before, and but that was before Jason Witten came back. Um, but I do not think that we have a person on our offense that is older than thirty. I believe that's what I saw, and I don't know if that changed now because a few years now, some of our people on our offensive line may be past thirty. Tom's but good. yeah, so I think Tyron Smith's like thirty, thirty-one, maybe. But yeah, so. I mean, we just – I mean, it's a really – it's a really young team. So, but, yeah. All right, anyway, so we, we'll go ahead and go to Bennett's last bold prediction. My uh, second bold prediction is that Stephon Gilmore will have over 20 pass deflections and 11 interceptions, and he will win uh, the Defensive Player of the Year for the second straight season. Yeah, Stephon Gilmore's a really good defensive back. I mean, probably one of the best that the NFL has ever seen. Um, I think that he's going to be doing really good this year. I wouldn't put it past him to do that, obviously. I mean, but I think that he's the best defensive back in the league for sure right now. So, looking forward to seeing him play this year too. Yeah, and if he could do that, then that could probably make him not just one of the best right now, but one of the best all time. Right. And he, he shut down Amari Cooper whenever the Cowboys went to uh, New England last year. Oh yeah, I know that was that wasn't a good game. It was like, but that was a really low scoring game too. Like I think the final score was thirteen to ten. Yeah, and it was in the rain too. Mhm. Yeah. Very cold. He held Cooper to only one catch. Jeez. Uh, all right, so let's go to now the third segment. The third segment in this podcast is three teams with the most approved in 2020. So we'll go ahead and go around again. Uh, we each have three, I believe. Uh, and so we'll go ahead and go from three to one. So for number three for me, and with all of us being Cowboys fans, you guys might be like so concerned that I say the Cowboys. But the thing is, though, is that I, they have a new coach, which is why I have them at number three. But the thing is, though, is that they have all the talent in the world and had the second best, if not the best, draft in 2020 to make them a Super Bowl contender. Plus, they got rid of the Clapper, <laughs> which also adds to their success, and got a coach who has a ring. And I know a lot of people are just like, oh, he had Aaron Rodgers and has only won one Super Bowl. Well, guess what? That's one more than Jason Garrett had in with all the talent that he had. They need to make it to at least the uh, uh, to make it to at least in uh, the past uh, divisional round uh, this year after getting uh, taken out by the Packers a few years ago and the Rams two years ago. And to be honest, I think that they need to at least make it to the divisional round, and they need to try to make it to the conference round. I mean, I wouldn't, I, I'd be, I wouldn't be surprised if they win the Super Bowl or go to the Super Bowl at least. But the thing is, though, is that the people that they would have to compete against, the Chiefs, the Ravens, those are some tough people to play against. I mean, I, I wouldn't put it past them to beat them, but it's just uh, – that's why they're number three for me is just because of their talent, and that's why they have some stuff to prove. Yeah, uh, I totally agree, and um, I have them on my list, but not at number three. At number three, I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, the Bucks haven't been good in a long time. Obviously, they brought in Tom Brady. They brought in Rob Gronkowski, and they are – like you said, they have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Um. They also have a great defense, like you said, Levante David. 
um, they, they're loaded. They have a lot of talent in uh, Tampa Bay. But this one is more geared towards Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski than it is towards the Bucks. But Tom Brady is the leader of the team, so it applies to the uh, team as well. Uh, Brady has to prove that he's not washed. Um, what I mean by that is that he, it, he has to prove that his career isn't over, that he's not um, in the down stages of his career where he ends up not doing as well like a lot of stars end up doing near the end of their careers. Um, it's up to Tom Brady to prove that he can turn this team from a team that's ju- just right now is a bunch of hype and looks really good on paper to a team that is deserving of that hype and is really good on the field as well. And the way they do that, just with every other team, is by winning games. They have to prove that, they, that the talent and the hype and the way they look on paper is for good reason. Yeah. Also, like you said, I have I have the Bucks on my list, but not at number three. So, all right. Anyways, Bennett, and then yours. Okay. Uh, my third is the Cowboys. Uh, I think they're the most talented team in the NFL. Just Jason Garrett was the problem, and I think with all the talent they have, uh, and a new coach, that they will make the Super Bowl, but maybe not win. Yep. Um, all right, so yeah, now we'll go to number this number two, uh, our second round of these. Uh, for the second, for my second one, I have the San Francisco 49ers. Kyle Shanahan has had a lot of high moments in his career, um, like for instance, being 20, up 28 to 3, but a lot of not so high moments coming, uh, coming second in the league two out of the three years, uh, two out of the past three years losing from being ahead by 10-plus points in the fourth quarter twice in the Super Bowl. So, obviously, he has a lot to prove to himself as a coach, to the fans, and to the 49ers. And, I mean, that's one of the reasons why the Falcons got rid of him. But, I mean, I think that he can be a good coach. But right now, I don't see him as a coach that can able to that, – that, that can finish – he sees it as okay. We're ahead this much. Let we're, we want, which is a horrible mindset. That is a horrible, horrible, horrible way to coach. I can't express that enough. I mean, like seriously, you can't. You you don't just go and say okay, we're up twenty three. Okay, you can lay off. No, you're up twenty three on the Patriots, who are the mo- who are the most talented team, and you laid off and you lost, and which has come back to haunt him by twenty eight to three thing. Um, and, and, and the exact same thing with the 49ers is that they were up, I think, by like 12 points, I believe, in the fourth quarter. And, the, and, uh, and I know it was the Chiefs, but still, the Chiefs came back and beat them. So it's just he has a lot to prove, uh, and mainly just Kyle Shanahan. The 49ers are a good team, but they need he needs to coach them to be a good team or they need to get someone else in there who can. Well, he was the offensive coordinator for the Falcons. Well, right. But still, that's still him like choosing a lot of the plays and stuff. Yeah, that's true. But that that blame falls more on Dan Quinn than it does Shano. Uh, but and number two for me is the Pittsburgh Steelers. I know last month, whenever we had our uh, what was that song? You good, Evan? Hmm. What was that sigh? What sigh? 
I didn't do a sign. You hearing things, dude? Yes. <laughs> Sounded like you were on Our... airplane or something. All right, well, at number two, I have the... Might have been my water bottle, but... Okay. Oh. At number two, I... Yeah, I think it was my water bottle. Uh, number two, I have the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, uh, and a few months ago, or I think it was last month, whenever we had our, uh, wasn't it the recap and updates part three? And we kind of did a little preview of the season. And I said that I thought that the Steelers would be um, a better team this year. Uh, they have to prove, because last season they finished eight and eight. Um, they have to prove that last season was a fluke and that it wasn't reality. Because last season... I emphasized last season that they finished eight and eight with Mason Rudolph and Delvin Hodges at quarterback. Which, to be honest, eight and eight with those guys at quarterback, as well as James Conner being banged up, Juju Smith-Schuster being banged up, and not playing the entire season. <laughs> you know? Um. You good, Davis? <laughs> Bennett keeps on laughing and messing me up. But all right. Um. They have to prove that last season was because of bad quarterback play that they were eight and eight, um, and with Ben Roethlisberger back, um, as well as having James Conner, Juju Smith-Schuster back, and uh, the best <laughs> defense in the NFL, um, the Steelers should be good. But they have to prove that they're a team that can still contend and can still win the AFC and possibly even the entire league. All right, and then Bennett will go ahead and go to your number two. I have the Cardinals. Uh, they have a great quarterback, Kyler Murray, and a talented team. And since Kyler Murray's young and just was a rookie, I think he'll have a good second year. And uh, he'll show the talent that he had in college and high school. All right. Um, yeah, I think the Cardinals uh, have a lot to prove. I mean, they have, like, a really good team. Deandre, they got DeAndre Hopkins, uh Kyler Murray, like you said, uh, and also like Kenyon Drake. They have a really good team. They have the guy Isaiah Simmons. Um, they got uh, Buda Baker and a lot of other teams and a lot of other good people. Uh, Chandler Jones, I believe they still have him. So it's just like they have all the pieces. They just need to get them together. All right. So my number one team is, like I said, Davis, I had the Bucks. The Bucks are my number one team. And after a loaded offseason, the Bucks need to prove that they made the right moves and need to win a Super Bowl in the next two years before Tom Brady retires and at, or at least make the playoffs and at least make the playoffs this year. Because otherwise they did a lot of that for nothing because they just I mean, they were they're in a Super Bowl now. They're in a win Super Bowl now mode. Like seriously, they had they had like an, an enormous offseason. And if they don't win the Super Bowl in the next two years, then I've, I'm almost convinced the Bucks like, almost never will. Because this is, like, the best chance that they're going to get. Yeah. And Brady's old, so he doesn't have much mm-hmm. longer. Right. Uh, my number one team, like I said, is the Dallas Cowboys. Um, they're arguably and probably the most talented team in the league last season. And if they weren't last season, they definitely might be this year because they added – they brought in – uh, Everson Griffin just a few weeks ago. They brought right. in Lamb through the draft. They brought in Trevon Diggs through the draft, Neville Gallimore through the draft. They even brought in Bradley and Nye through the draft, who was predict- projected to go, like, what, third, fourth round, and he went sixth round? That's yeah, third crazy. round. They That's just like are, Trevon Diggs. He was expected to go in the first round, and he went in the uh, second. Yeah, I was thinking the Cowboys would maybe get him at 17, and they got him 
in the second round. Mm-hmm. But all that to say, they have arguably the most talented team in the league. They have to prove that, the, like Bennett said, that the reason for their struggles was Jason Garrett, uh, not the team itself. Obviously, the team has something to blame. You can't just completely blame Jason Garrett. Yes, he was a horrible coach. And will he make the Giants awful, more awful than they already are as, a, as their offensive coordinator? I definitely think so. Um, they have to prove that their talent is not just inflated stats because a lot of argument is that, oh, Dak, Dak's stats were so high last season was because they're going to have to – they're playing from behind so much, which they were. They have to prove that those weren't inflated stats and that it's not washed-up players, that it's not inflated stats making the team look more talented than they are. They have to prove that they're truly a Super Bowl caliber team. Right. All right, and then we'll go to Bennett's number one, and that will wrap up the top teams to improve in 2020. My number one is the Steelers. Uh, I think they have one of the best coaches in the NFL. Uh, just their number one and number two quarterbacks both ended up getting hurt, So, and they still almost made the playoff and had a decent team. So I think if Big Ben's healthy, they'll have a really good team. All right, so now we'll go to the uh, top three impact rookies. Uh, so number one, I have uh, CeeDee Lamb. And I know that he uh, – not, not number one, my bad, number three. We're going from three up, and then we'll go around. Uh, and by the way, number one and two will, uh, will be our uh, defensive and offensive rookie of the years. Um, so number – okay, so like I said, number three, I got CeeDee Lamb. Uh, and the reason I have him ahead of uh, Henry Ruggs and Jerry Judy is because I think that he actually was par- probably the best uh, wide receiver in the draft. I mean, he was the best overall. I mean, Henry Ruggs is by far the fastest. Jerry Judy might have been the best, like, receiving. But the thing is, though, is that CeeDee Lamb almost combines the two together into one and to make him an amazing wide receiver. And I think that he's going to, like, like I said earlier, he's going to take the number two spot and – um, and I think he's going to do a lot of good things with it. And I think that he's a like, and I think that he's going to be a huge impact rookie uh, this year and help lead the Cowboys into the playoffs. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Um, and yeah, he probably is the best receiver in the draft. I would take him over Ruggs and Judy, but um, his stats probably won't be as good as those guys, just because Ruggs is the number one receiver in uh, Las Vegas. Um, Judy's the number one or number two receiver behind Cortland Sutton in Denver. And uh, CD's behind, CD also has Cooper and Gallup with him. Uh, right. Number three for me is, this could come to a surprise to some people, is Patrick Queen, the Ravens wow. linebacker. Uh, the Ravens were not great last season at linebacker. They, that was probably their weakest position, even though they're still pretty good at linebacker. They were just a really talented team, but it was the linebacker position that they couldn't stop Derrick Henry in the playoffs last season. They broke down. I, no one could except for the except for the Chiefs. <laughs> and really, they couldn't stop him either. That was just – I know. But It was just broke, a scoring game. They broke apart in uh, the playoffs because their run defense couldn't stop him. Adding Patrick Queen to that core helps uh, boost up that uh, run defense. And Queen, in my opinion, could be – a possible every down player, even as early as year one. And I think he'll definitely help their uh, run defense this season and definitely in the future. I think he's going to be a good impact rookie. And if 
who knows, they could come to meet Derrick Henry and the Titans again in the playoffs. They could meet another team with a really good running back in the playoffs. And um, they could be able – Queen could help uh, stop that uh, run game and be an immediate and, uh, producer in that linebacking court and in that run defense. All right. And then we'll go to uh, Bennett's number three. My number three in impact rookies is Isaiah Simmons. He can play uh, – he's very talented. He can play defensive end, linebacker, and safety. And I think he'll have a great rookie season and in his career. Yeah, I think that Isaiah Simmons is by far the most versatile player in the NFL, I think. Uh, I think that he's going to be like a really good rookie this year. Uh, however, coming in at my number two, my defensive rookie of the year, I have Chase Young. Uh, I think that he's going to be really good for the Washington football team. Uh, he's going to be – I think that he uh, is going to be really good. Probably – I think that he's going to be in the top, like, categories in the defensive ends in probably the next, like, year or two. Uh, he's really fast. I mean, you didn't really see it all much at Ohio State just because of how dominant their uh, defense was. So it's like it's not it's not like you could just pick out one player and I mean Chase Young was probably the best player on their defense but I mean just their entire defense was getting sacks picks uh fumbles and everything like that so it's just like I think now this is going to be his time to like almost like show that he's like the main person on defense or whatever and so I think that's going to be how uh how he's going to uh prove himself at the at Washington. Yeah, I've got um uh, Chase Young at number two as well. Like you said, he was a Heisman finalist as a defensive player, which is pretty rare. Um, he jumped straight into a young D-line, um, and he'll probably be the starter on the edge. And he can make an impact without getting sacks. We saw that from him last season at Ohio State. He can impact the game just getting pre- quarterback pressures, getting tackles for loss. Um, he draws so much attention to himself that it makes it easier for his other defensive linemates to get sacks. He doesn't have to impact the game by just getting to the quarterback and getting sacks. He can impact the game in so many different ways, and that's what makes him so good. That's why I have him at number two winning defensive rookie of the year. All right, and then we'll go to Bennett's number two. I don't know if that's your defensive rookie of the year, actually, but go ahead. I also have Chase Young. Uh, He's a monster. Uh, I think he'll be just as good in the NFL than he was in college which is about 13 sacks a year. He's just so good, and he can play basketball, too. <laughs> all right, so, and then going to our final ones, which is now we all know all, all is our offensive rookie of the year. And I assume you guys have the same person as me is running back Clyde Hilaire at the Chiefs? No, I have a different guy. I have him. You have a different guy, Davis? Yeah, I'll, I'll explain in a minute. All right. I look forward to hearing that. Um, anyways, so Clyde Rutilier was dominant in college uh, at LSU. He was an amazing receiving back. He was an amazing uh, just power back. And just an amazing running back overall. Like we were saying uh, earlier is that he's pretty much Christian McCaffrey and in Saquon Barkley size. I mean, he. It, I think that he's going to be so dominant with the Chiefs. And, I mean, it just adds to their power team and just – I mean, also, obviously, he's going to be the starter this year with Damian Williams opting out. But I think that even with, if Damian Williams had uh, not opted out, he'd still probably be a starter. Uh, so, I mean, he's just going to be amazing this year, I think. 
Uh, for me, number one winning offensive rookie of the year is Joe Burrow. Do I think he'll be the best overall rookie? No. I think Clyde Edwards-Heeler will be the best overall rookie. But you look at the past two seasons, last season, I would argue that Josh Jacobs was a better rookie than uh, Kyler Murray was. And Kyler Murray won offensive rookie of the year. And I think that like, just like Heisman, just like MVP, the edge immediately goes to the quarterback. And that's why I think Burrow's going to win the rookie of the year on offense. And yeah, I think he's going to be good as well. Do I think he will be the best rookie, offensive rookie? No. But he will be really good, and I think he will win offensive rookie of the year just because he's a quarterback. And I think he's going to impact the game. Um, and the way, the way he can impact the game is by winning just three games. The Bengals were 2-14 and 14 last year. 3-13 and 13 is an improvement. I think they'll win at least four or five games, and Burrow will make an immediate impact on that, uh, on that Bengals entire team. Yeah, I mean, that's interesting to hear you picking uh, uh, Joe Burrow. I mean, he was a really good player, obviously, winning the Heisman and everything and being obviously the most dominant quarterback in college football, like uh, college football scene in a really long time. Um, but anyways, I mean, because one of the things that I was like looking at, I was just like, yes, Kyler Murray won last year. However, Saquon Barkley also won the year before that. So it's just like it can go to the quarterback a lot of times, and usually it does. But – Whenever you're someone as dominant as uh, as uh, as um, Saquon Barkley, that's whenever you, you can't deny it, and I think that's how dominant Clyde Edwards-Hilaire will be. Baker won it the, uh, in 2018. Saquon Barkley won the won some uh, offensive rookie of the year. Because <laughs> I, I, I I got a football card of him, uh, a tops football card with him, offensive rookie of the year. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it says right here that he did win. Oh, I, th- I thought it was Mayfield, but okay, it's Saquon. So you're right. All right, right. yeah. All right, so yeah. But, I mean, so that's how dominant you kind of got to be, and I think that that's how dominant Clyde Edwards-Hilaire will be. Anyway, so, Bennett, you said that you also had Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? Yeah, I have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, too, and I have him winning Offensive Rookie of the Year. And uh, what I was going to say about him was basically what I said about him in my bold predictions. All right. So now we'll go ahead and go to our MVP leaderboard, and we're not going to go around like we did. Like, uh, we'll just do like kind of what we did with the Heisman, including dark horse picks, and then our final pick. So I'm going to go ahead and go from five to one for mine, and then we'll go to Davis and Bennett. So number five for me is Dak Prescott. Um, obviously, have going to have a dom- I think he's going to have a dominant season this year. Last year, he was he had a really good season. I think under a new coach, he's also he's going to be even better. Uh, however, I uh, I do think that Ezekiel will take some of the yards also, so he might not get as many. Um, so that's why I have him at five. Number four, I have Deshaun Watson. This is a, this was a really big toss up for me because Deshaun Watson lost DeAndre Hopkins and got Brandon Cooks. He also has Will Fuller. Uh, and uh, Kiki Cutie, but the problem is, is that yet yeah, I mean he, I mean he just hasn't. He's been a really good quarterback, but the thing is, though, is that his it's like his stats have almost not been really been showing it for like his talent. Like his first year was amazing. The years after that kind of starting to fall off, and this year it's going to be interesting to see how he does uh, because now he doesn't have DeAndre Hopkins. But any, uh, but that's why I have a number four. Uh, number three, I got Russell Wilson, obviously just also a dominant uh, quarterback. Uh, I mean, I think that he's going to have a really good year this year with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. 
Um, and so I think that he's going to have a really good year this year. I'm number three, which obviously I'm a number three because you can't put him ahead of these next two. Number two, I got Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is an amazing quarterback, uh, obviously racking up the stats on the ground, but also in, uh, in, uh, in the uh, air with uh, also now having Devin du- uh, DuVernay, um, also with Marquise Brown. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I think that he's just going to have a really good year uh, this year. Um, and so, but I, th- I don't think that, he, I think that Patrick Mahomes, at least for right now, will have the edge on him. Uh, I, um, I know that in the, in the last MVP update thing is had Lamar Jackson had the edge, but I think that Patrick Mahomes, uh, for me has the edge because with, with, uh, with, uh, Tyreek Hill, Nicole Hardman, Sammy Watkins, uh, Travis Kelsey, and having all four of those for the entire year, plus an excellent receiving back and Clyde Ritzley there. Plus, just the overall dominance of Patrick Mahomes will, uh, I think, will push him to the number one uh, in the MVP leaderboard. Um, at number five for me, I have Drew Brees. Um, he he is one of the best quarterbacks in NFL history. Um, I think he he's yes he's obviously getting older, but I think he has a good chance of winning it this year. He's dominant. He's got a great offense. Obviously, he's got Michael Thomas um, back there. He's got a great receiving back in Alvin Kamara. I think that Drew Brees, um, where he's standing right now, has a very good chance at winning uh, the MVP. And number four, I got Deshaun Watson as well. Uh, I think that, like you said, his rookie year is probably the best year, although he's been really, really good um, in past years. And he does, like you said, he doesn't have DeAndre Hopkins, but he's still a top five Heisman up MVP. Sorry, thinking too much about college football. College football. Um, he's a top five MVP candidate because of the fact that he can pick up yards on the ground. And to be honest with you, um, Will Fuller and uh, Brandon Cooks are good receivers when they're healthy. I think Watson uh, has a very good shot at winning MVP if he can pop off this year. And number three, I actually got Lamar Jackson. Um he won the MVP last year, who probably won't be as good this year. He's a great runner, good thrower. I think he's going to be able to have a very good impact for the Ravens again and have a really good uh, third season in the league. And number two, I got Russell Wilson. Um, I'm shocked that he's never gotten an MVP vote in his career. Oh, I know. One of the best quarterbacks in the league. And I think if this year he will get his first MVP vote, um, he's going to have a great year, and he's going to pick up that first MVP, MVP vote. But right now, number one on the leaderboard has got to be Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the, all the reasons I said uh, in my bold predictions, I think he's going to have over 5,000 yards, 56 touchdowns, and he's just going to have an amazing, incredible year and win his second MVP possibly in third, three years. He's where, I, right, where we stand right now. He is um, where, where we stand right now. He is the number one on the leaderboard, and I know I'll make my, we'll make our pick for who we think will win it by the end of the season in uh, just a minute. All right, and then we'll go to Bennett's uh, MVP leaderboard. I had the same list as you, Evan. Same list, exactly? Yeah. All right. Um, all right, so, yeah, all right. So now we'll go ahead and go to the Dark Horse. Uh, this is probably where it's going to get different. Um for me, I got uh, my number one dark horse is Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray, I think, is going to have an explosive season this year. Got a really good receiving core. I mean, Larry Fitzgerald is obviously 
getting really pretty old, but uh, to be a receive, really good receiver. But he does still have uh, Christian Kirk and DeAndre Hopkins, uh, who are DeAndre Hopkins, an elite receiver. Christian Kirk, a young receiver. Um, plus, you have Kenyon Drake, who can catch passes in the backfield. So I think he's going to have a really good season this year. I can also can definitely put him in that dark horse category for um, for the MVP this year. And so, and then for my last dark horse, I'm just going to, we can just go ahead and just do both bars at the same time. Anyways, so my last, my last, my last dark horse, I have a uh, running back, Saquon Barkley. Um, I think that he's going to be a really good, I think he's going to be really, really good this year. Uh, Giants picking up some help on that offensive line. Um, I think that he's going to hopefully not get out with an injury like he did last year uh, and put him in front of um, Christian McCaffrey. I think this year for the, running back position, I think that he's going to be a really good breakout player this year. So that's those are my two dark horse. Uh, my first dark horse is Ben Roethlisberger. Um, he's never won an MVP in his career, and yes, he's old at 38 years old, but that makes him even more of a dark horse, in my opinion, is the fact that he's coming off of injury, he's never won an MVP, and he's 38. So all that going into it makes you think that he's pretty much out of it. But like I said, last year he was out with injury. He has a great receiving core, Juju Smith-Schuster, James Washington, uh, Deontay Johnson, and tight end Eric Ebron. James Conner is a great running back, and they have the best defense in the league. Why am I talking about the running game and the defense? That's because if the team is good, then you have much more of a chance to win the MVP. And I think that the team will be good, and I think that he's going to have – he usually throws for over 4,000 yards. I think he will again throw for over 4,000 yards. And if he can cut back on some interceptions, and if he can have just a great year like he usually does, he could be a surprise MVP winner in 2020. Um, my second guy is Derrick Henry. Uh, the last running back to win MVP was eight years ago, 2012, Adrian Peterson won it. And a quarterback has won the award ever since then. Um, last wow. season, he had a career year, um, leading the league in rushing, leading the Titans to an NFC championship game. There are concerns for injury considering that he is a big bruising uh, running back, but if he could stay healthy, he'll be more of a favorite to lead the league in rushing for the second straight season. Um, and also last season, when you look at it, he didn't pick up his first 100-yard rushing game until the fourth game of the season. And then not again until the 10th game. So through 10 games, he only had two 100-yard rushing games. And he ended up leading the league in rushing. He can get off to a quicker 2020 start. If he can stay consistent, he could challenge for 2,000 rushing yards, which would put him in the thick of the MVP race. And he is also the last non-quarterback to win a Heisman. Could he be the next non-quarterback to win an MVP in the NFL? I think he will be. Yeah, I didn't realize it's been eight years since the since someone's won the uh, MVP as a running back. And, like, that almost gets me to kind of thinking that it's just, like, it's almost impossible for a wide receiver to – uh, win MVP almost because it's just like think about it because if a wide receiver would, were, would to win MVP the quarterback would be mad because the quarterback's just like I've thrown that many uh, touchdowns and that many yards at least plus how many ever he's thrown to the other receivers and rushed for so it's just like it's almost impossible for wide receivers to win I mean I'm sure maybe a wide receiver has won in the past but it's just kind of weird to think about that uh, anyway so yeah we can go ahead and go to uh, Bennett's uh for my dark horse number one, I had Josh Allen. He had a great second year, and the Bills were good. And uh, I just think he'll have a good year, and he's a good dark, dark horse 
And my number two is Mike Thomas. He gets a one because he gets a bunch of receptions. Two, he's the best receiver in the league, and a, he's a great. He has a pretty decent shot at winning MVP. Uh, considering he's a receiver. All right. Uh, anyway, so now we'll go ahead and just move on to our picks. Um, I'm sure all of ours are close to the same. Um, I have Patrick Mahomes. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, I have Mahomes. I have Mahomes. Yeah, obviously, just a power, like just a, an, just an amazing quarterback. So, um, anyway, so now we'll go ahead and go to our uh, next part of this podcast is division champions and runner-up picks. So let's go ahead and go from the AFC um, and into the NFC. So starting with the AFC East, I have the uh, winners being the Bills and the runner-ups, the Patriots. Yep, Bills winner, Patriots runner-up. I have Bills winner, Dolphins runner-up. Oh, wow. Wow, you're predicting a rebuild, huh? <laughs> um, all right, so now we'll go into the uh, AFC West. Uh, I have the Chiefs as the winners and the runner-up, the Chargers. Uh, I have Chiefs winning Broncos runner-up. I have Chiefs winning Raiders runner-up. And we all do oh, wow. Runner-up. All, we, we agree on the win. Disagree on the run. Yeah, we all – yeah, I know. <laughs> um, anyway, so now we'll go to the AFC North. Uh, winners, Ravens. I have the runner-up being the Bengals. The Bengals. The Bengals. Yes. Yep. Not the Steelers. Nope. Uh, I have winner Ravens. I think the Steelers will be the runner-up next year. I have winner Ravens runner-up Steelers. I, I I have the Bengals finishing last again. I have <laughs> I have winner Ravens runner-up Steelers. Hmm. Yeah. All right. So next, let's go to the AFC South. I have the winners Titans and the runner-up Colts. Uh, Titans winner. Texans runner-up. Winner, Texans, runner-up, Titans. All right, and then let's go to, go to the NFC. You guys are really going to go what for this. Uh, anyway, so uh, NFC East, I got the winner, the Cowboys, and I have the runner-up, the Giants. What? At least you didn't say yep. football team. Uh, I have the winner, yeah. Cowboys, and the runner-up, Eagles. I have winner Cowboys, runner-up Eagles. I'm predicting the Giants to do good this year. The Giants will do good this year. Um, anyways, so uh, NFC West winners, I got the 49ers and the Cardinals as the runner-up. I got 49ers as the winner and uh, Seahawks as the runner-up. Winner 49ers, runner-up Seahawks for me. All right, uh, next I got the NFC North. I have the Packers barely outlasting the Vikings. So the Vikings are my running out. The Packers are my winner. Yeah, I have the same thing. Winner Packers, runner up Vikings. I have winner Vikings, runner up Packers. All right, so next for, and last for the NFC South, I have Saints winner, runner up Buccaneers. I have the Saints winning, uh, the Falcons running up, runner up. I have winning Saints, runner-up, Buccaneers. All right. And so now, with that being said, we will go to our playoff and Super Bowl predictions. And so for this year, they're doing something different. They're having seven teams from each conference come in, uh, at, come into the playoffs and having three wild-card games almost. 
Um, and so one, the, the number one seed will have the bye week. The number two seed will have to play in the wild card. So let's go ahead and start with that. So the NFC. Uh, so let's go and start with the NFC first round. I was kind of called it the first round since it's almost like the wild card, almost not. So anyways, so for the number one seed, I got the Saints having a bye. You just go go ahead and say your first round, and then we'll say. Oh, okay. I'll say mine. All right. So I have number one Saints having a bye, number two Forty Niners versus the number seven Cardinals, number three Cowboys versus the number six Buccaneers, and the number four Vikings versus the number five Packers. Uh, I have the number one Forty Niners get a bye, number two Saints play the number seven Eagles, three Cowboys play six Falcons. And four Packers play five Seahawks. I have uh, number one, the 49ers, uh, playing the winner of Vikings-Eagles. Uh, number two, Cowboys versus number seven, Buccaneers. Number three, Saints versus number six, Seahawks. Number four, uh, Vikings versus number five, Eagles. All right, and then we'll go to the AFC first round. Uh, so I have number one, Chiefs have a bye. Uh, number two, Ravens play number seven, Patriots. Number three, Titans play number six, Colts. Number four, Bills play number five, Chargers. I have the number one, Chiefs get a bye. Number two, Ravens play seven, Texans. Three, Titans play six, Broncos. And uh, four, Bills play five, Steelers. I have uh, number one, Chiefs getting a bye. Number two, Ravens playing number seven, Raiders. Number three, Bills playing number six, Titans. Number four, Texans playing number five, Steelers. All right, and then we'll go to our uh, divisional rounds now. So number uh, – okay, so let's go ahead and start with the NFC. Uh, so number I have, I have the number three, Cowboys, playing the number two, 49ers. And the number four Vikings playing the number one Saints. Um, I have the number three. Uh, I have the number three. Um, wait, where where did it go? There it is. Number three Cowboys playing number four. I mean number two Saints and number four number one Forty Niners playing number five Seahawks. All right, uh, and then Bennett. I have uh, the number two Cowboys playing the number three Saints. The number one Forty Niners playing the number five Eagles. All right, and then we'll go to our AFC divisionals. Uh, I have the number one Chiefs playing the number four Bills, and the number two Ravens playing the number three Titans. Uh, I have the same thing as yours. One Chiefs. Four Bills, two Ravens, three Titans. And I, right. I messed up on my uh, NFC. I had the uh, I had the Cowboys playing the 49ers and the Saints playing the Seahawks. Okay. In my AFC, I have the number two Ravens playing the number three Bills and the number one Chiefs playing the number five Steelers. All right, and then we'll go to the conference games. So, and uh, we can just both go ahead and go do these since they're just two uh, games. So, number three, Cowboys playing the number four, Vikings. 
and the number one Chiefs playing the number two Ravens. I have the three Cowboys playing the two Saints and the one Chiefs playing the two Ravens. I have the number one 49ers playing the number two Cowboys. AFC. AFC. Oh, AFC, I have the number one Chiefs playing the number three Bills. All right, and then Super Bowl. I have number three Cowboys outlasting the Vikings, and it's going to be a tight game, tight game. I think it's going to go into overtime if this does happen, but I have the Ravens barely beating the Chiefs. Um, I have the Chiefs beat the Ravens to get to the Super Bowl, and then the Saints beat the Cowboys to get to the Super Bowl. So I have Chiefs versus Saints Super Bowl. I have... Chiefs versus Cowboys Super Bowl. All right, and then pick and then the picks for the Super Bowl. So I have the Cowboys playing the Ravens, and as much as I'm a Cowboys fan, I got the Ravens winning. I have Chiefs versus Saints, and I have the Chiefs winning back-to-back Super Bowls. I have. And then Bennett. I have Chiefs beating Cowboys. All right. Uh, okay, so then that wraps up the NFL preview. And so this last segment is a little bit of just college football. So for those of you who aren't really college football fans, just NFL fans, uh, cool. But anyways, for those college football fans also out there, uh, we're going to do week zero predictions. Pretty much just the games like that are considered before week one. So week zero is what we call them. But yeah. Anyways, so we'll go ahead and just go uh, just one uh, game at a time. So the first one is uh, Central Arkansas versus uh, UAB, and I have UAB winning. Yeah, UAB. UAB. All right, next is Arkansas State versus Memphis, and I have Memphis winning. Yep, Memphis. Memphis. Uh, next is Houston about next is Houston Baptist versus North Texas. Oh, I got. And I have North Texas. Sorry, I skipped you. I got North Texas. I actually, yeah. have, I actually have Houston Baptist. All right. Uh, next, I got Middle Tennessee versus Army, and I got Army. Oh uh, yeah, Army. Army. Next is Eastern Kentucky versus Marshall, and I have Marshall. Marshall. Eastern Kentucky. All right. Next, we got SMU versus Texas State, and I have SMU. Give me the ponies, SMU. Give me SMU. All right, next we got Louisiana Monroe versus Troy. Uh, I got Louisiana Monroe winning. Yep, Louisiana Monroe. Troy. All right, next we got Stephen F. Austin versus UTEP. Uh, I got UTEP winning. Yep, UTEP starting 1-0. Give me the mm-hmm. Miners. <laughs> All right, and then the final game is we got BYU versus Navy, and I had BYU in a close one. I have BYU. I got Navy. All right. So with that being said, that wraps up this episode of Section 105 Game Day. Uh, Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to uh, leave a comment, subscribe, um, anything. Give us a rating. Um, You can email me and Davis at ekos10 at gmail.com or davisc.jackson at icloud.com with any questions or stuff you want to include in the next episode of the podcast. Um, So, yeah. Uh, To Bennett, thanks for joining us. You're welcome. 
Uh, and so, yeah, we'll see you next time. Thank you. And sorry for any background noise. <laughs> All right. Bye.